Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and I want to welcome the callers and chatters to research at the National Archives and Beyond. And special thanks to the Blog Talk Radio team for featuring this show on their homepage all day today. If you have logged in as a guest and wish to participate in the chat, you can sign in through your Facebook account or Blog Talk Radio. I will also open the lines in the second half of the show so that you can ask questions or make a comment. Following the show, you can continue this discussion on the Genealogy and History Forum of AfroGenius.com or Research at the National Archives and Beyond Facebook page. Well, how many of you have resolved to make a change in your life? Do you feel like a juggler trying as hard as you can to keep all of those balls in the air? Well, you have tuned into the right show tonight. It's time to learn what you can do to develop and maintain that balance in your life. It really doesn't matter if you're a genealogist or a healthcare professional, historian, or a teacher, because we're all trying to do the best that we can. Well, I'm happy to introduce my special guest, Sharon Weinstein. Sharon is a national and internationally known for her work in the field of nursing, health, and wellness. She is an energetic, motivating, and highly skilled, competent consultant specializing in workplace wellness, corporate training programs, and motivational speaking presentations. Her background includes 30 years as an educator in a diversity of settings. Her articles related to wellness have been published in the Washington Post, Remarkable Woman Magazine, The Sierra Club, Advanced for Nurses, Natural Awakenings, and multiple business publications. She has appeared on NBC News and been quoted in newspapers and journal articles. As an author, Sharon draws on her own life experiences to help others gain control of their life purpose. 
Her publications include B is for Balance, a guide to creating balance at home and at work, and Nursing Without Borders, Values, Wisdom, Success Markers, and numerous peer-review manuscripts. So let me give a warm welcome to my special guest and friend, Sharon Weinstein. Sharon, welcome to Research at the National Archives and Beyond. Well, thank you so much, Bernice, for the warm welcome. It's truly an honor to be a part of your radio show this evening and to really get to interact firsthand with the listeners many of whom I've been watching as they plug into your shows. So you have a huge audience. You have a great level of awareness among folks who truly do care about themselves and about the future and clearly about the past and where they've come from. So it's nice to be able to connect with folks firsthand. Well, I'm so glad that you agreed to come on because, you know, Sharon, when we talk about balance, I don't quite know if anyone has really defined it for us. So why don't you just tell us, what does it mean to be balanced? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, since A, it's the title of a book, a book that I wrote, and B, it is such a powerful concept in each and every one of our lives. You know, we need to have some level of balance. How do we do that? You know, we juggle responsibilities. We all have those responsibilities, whether it's caring for children and or elderly parents, whether we're in that sandwich generation, whether we work virtually or on site, whether we work internationally or whether we spend half of our time, as you and I both know I once did, at O'Hare and the Frankfurt Airport. When you're doing that, when you're ruining your own life that way, you have no balance. And it was actually an awareness that came to me several years ago when I was working in Armenia and I was on a charter plane that was supposed to go through Ukraine to get me back to New York for my son's engagement party. I missed the engagement party because somebody brought contraband on board and the plane couldn't leave Yerevan. And what was the contraband? It was butter and sausage. When we start to think about butter and sausage, we don't generally think about contraband. But in that country, at that time, it was. Uh And so I think that balance for each and every one of us has a totally different meaning. What it does mean clearly is when your life works. When you Uh heighten your intuitiveness, you're self-aware, you discover yourselves, as studied by perhaps psychologist Abraham Maslow, who arranged the array of fundamental human needs into a hierarchy. And one of our most basic needs is physiological and related uh-huh. to our safety. And these are often called our existence needs. In order to exist, in order to feel safe and secure, that our lives and work are stable, we need to work very hard on getting our lives in order. Uh-huh. But, you know, when you, when you think about that, we just have so much and so much responsibility that... Uh, You know, where do you start figuring out how do you get your life in order? You know, the genealogists you mentioned, you have people very much concerned about the past, and and sometimes the past takes over the future because that's where a lot of people are spending their time searching the past. 
So how do we we get into setting some type of goal or determining where do we go to create this balance? Well, we start out with choice. Everything in life is a choice. It causes us to realize that we have chosen the life we're living right now. We choose the food that we eat each and every day, whether it's good or bad for us. We choose the clothing that we wear. And most importantly, we choose our own thoughts. We're moving toward our purpose from birth to death and are forced to make choices along the way. And this is life's greatest truth and most difficult lesson. It gives us the power to be ourselves and to live the life that we have imagined. Well, in order to discover our true selves, we must make time for ourselves to meditate, to think, to be alone. Once we've introduced solitude as a daily practice in our busy lives, our purpose becomes more apparent. And it's defining that purpose that helps us to understand who and what we are. Uh Being on Uh purpose usually brings happiness. Everybody wants to be happy. If you look at at the Walgreens advertisements now, it says on the corner of happy and healthy, everybody wants to be. But who defines what that is, what makes us happy? Yeah, what what makes it? how, How do you even define it? Some people... I guess uh, n- never happy. <laughs> They're always That's looking, true. looking, always looking, looking for, for, something for that happy. Yeah, always looking. Or for they're happy else. when they make other people unhappy. The great well, paradox yeah. is that we know what makes us happy, but we often don't pursue what makes us happy. So uh-huh. without a clear sense of the purpose and meaning of our lives, the emptiness is so overwhelming. We try to fill that void with pleasure and with possessions, with more uh-huh. TVs, with more gadgets, with more tools. Mm-hmm. with more wireless devices. But the emptiness is unaffected by such trivial rewards because life is the fathering of truth. And mm-hmm. any truth that we discover has to be allowed to remain isolated in one area of our lives and yes. can't be allowed to remain merely in our minds. So the meaning and purpose of your life is for you to become the best person you can be. Mm-hmm. When we discover ourselves and who that best person is that we want to become, then mm-hmm. everything tends to make sense. Well, that that does make make a lot of sense, but then how do you go about doing that? Well, today people are more distracted and even busier than times past. We have more material possessions. We're highly interconnected in our social activities, but something is missing. People today perceive their purpose in relation to success in the workplace and financial independence. You find it often when someone has lost a job, and that mm-hmm. person's identity is, I was the vice president of sales for Abbott Laboratories. That was my identity. I lost that job, and now who am I? How do I Mm -hmm. find myself? So Mm -hmm. we allow ourselves to be part of a society of people rushing around, working too hard in order to indulge ourselves in things, basic things. So I have found that life's purpose is not simply our work lives, but a combination of all aspects of our lives that make them fulfilling. It's what gives meaning to our lives and the reason why we're on earth. So Mm -hmm. some questions that you might ask yourself when you're trying to get in touch with who and what you are is, what gives your life meaning? What do you notice as the main theme in your life? What is your contribution meant to be during your lifetime? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. And I think that if each and every one of us sat down and asked that question of ourselves, we would truly be surprised. Why are we here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what people would really say. I mean, if somebody had to ask you that question right now, why are you here? (laughs) 
Well, here's an exercise to help develop your purpose, to define it. It sounds simple, but it's a challenging exercise. You develop an elevator pitch. If you had 30 seconds between floors to tell somebody who you are and what you do, identify your life's purpose and learn to state it as if it's a conversation. If you can state your purpose with another person in the time it takes to ride an elevator approximately 60 seconds, then you have clarity. Now, many of us in the business world have developed an elevator speech to tell other people who we are and what we do. Mm -hmm. But think about it in terms of creating it so that you know who you are and Mm -hmm. why you're here. And you do that by finding out what's important to you. We do it because if we fail to do this, we're sacrificing our holistic health physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. So Mm -hmm. we have to decide what's really important and necessary and make time for it otherwise. Life will keep us distracted from what is truly, truly important. Mm -hmm. And we'll go from one day to another day and not really understand who and what we're all about. So I noticed, Bernice, that on your Facebook page, you're limiting yourself to one hour. I applaud your efforts. I noticed (laughs) that you're going to the gym. That's great. I'm doing the same thing. My Facebook limit is 30 minutes. Uh Because you can get addicted to things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, and I made the decision that I, I couldn't I could not and should not spend over one hour on Facebook. So I'm now doing fifteen minute increments. But once it hits my limit, my my sixty minutes, that's it, I'm off. And good for you. So when you find yourself caught up in the chaos of life, there's mm-hmm. a very special prayer by Francis of Assisi that I like to think about. And it mm-hmm. goes like this Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where mm-hmm. there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, let me sow pardon. Where there is doubt, let me sow faith. Where there is despair, let me sow hope. Where there is darkness, let me sow light. And where there is sadness, let me sow joy. Divine mm-hmm. Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console others, to be understood as to understand others, to be loved as to love others, for it is in giving that we receive. It mm-hmm. is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it mm-hmm. is in dying that we are born to eternal life. So in order to succeed, we need to have goals, and a goal is the next step after we discover our purpose and after we know what we want to achieve in life, and it has to be specific, and it has to be measurable. Mm-hmm. It is not a goal if we cannot define it fully nor determine whether or not we achieved it and when. But, Sharon, when you think of, of individuals and you're not in your workplace, you're at home, and you're you're laying out all of the things that you have to do. You have to keep your house clean. You have to cook dinner. You have to be a mother. You have to be a, a caregiver of an elderly parent. You want to do your research. You want to do this. Just, I mean, where do you get to the point where you can even sit down and come up with that goal? Where do you find the five minutes, right, the five minutes in the day? (laughs) Yes. First, you start by integrating personal and work balance. According Mm -hmm. to the National Sleep Foundation's last survey, they say that 53% of American workers say that work leaves them overtired and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, we spend one-third of our lives in bed, and yet 77% of North Americans are sleep-deprived. So what Mm -hmm. does that tell us? Our professional and personal lives are so interconnected that it's impossible to keep them separate. 
And who do we thank? We thank technology. We thank our perceived need to constantly be wired to our offices with cell phones and PDAs and Blackberries and Apples and all of the other tools that we use in sometimes vain attempts to make our work lives simpler. But instead, mm-hmm. it makes escaping the office that much more difficult. How many you of you are so right. have ever you are brought right. home yeah. a briefcase? You bring mm-hmm. it home, you don't open it the entire weekend, and you take it back on Monday morning. What was the purpose of bringing it home? What would you gain, clearly gain, from taking an hour and playing with your kids? The balance between work and personal time has a direct correlation to our overall well-being. Mm-hmm. And if we feel tired and overwhelmed at work, that will more than likely feel tired and overwhelmed at home. At home. We come home and we become the couch potato. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to identify the need to balance every area of our lives in order for change and balance to occur. So and, you know, when you think about that, emotionally, yeah, when you think about that, I mean, you mentioned the briefcase, but even the technology, you bring home the BlackBerry, but you put it on your kitchen table while you're eating dinner. Exactly, <laughs> and you respond, and it's, and it's buzzing, yeah. And you have your computer on, let's say to to ancestry dot com, and you search him while you're eating, and you have the kid trying to talk to you about school. So you 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 just said something, you know. What would it take to to give that hour? Let's say give that hour to that child, or give that hour to your spouse, or give that hour to another human being, rather than that that piece of equipment that has really complicated your life to just put it away. It's a sad state of affairs when every movie theater has a commercial about not texting, and yet people are sitting there and you can see them on their phones. They're not Mm -hmm. on their phones because they're using the flashlight app because they dropped their car keys on the floor. They're on their phones because it is so important in their minds for them to send that message. And Mm -hmm. it can wait. It can clearly wait. You know, I saw an experiment on on television where they actually had some kids, and I think they had their maybe it wasn't a laptop, so it, it could have been a BlackBerry, what have you. And they told them for one hour, one hour, don't look at it. And the kids started actually having withdrawal symptoms. They started getting very nervous and shaky because they had program themselves to look every five seconds to see if they had a message. They could not function without looking at it. What's what does going that on? say? What does that say? You know, in her book, Just Enough, Laura Nash and Howard Stevenson showed through in-depth interviews and hundreds of case studies and surveys of top executives that the successful people who found the greatest satisfaction in their lives paid attention to happiness to achievement, to significance, and to a legacy throughout their entire lives. Mm -hmm. They recommend continually seeking contentment, accomplishment, a positive impact on people you care about, ways Mm -hmm. to help others find future success. Mm -hmm. We can do these things, and we can prevent burnout at the same time by being mindful of how we're living in the moment. Right. Well, we have two two messages coming out of the the chat. Both of them from Family Tree Girl. The the first she said we need to be we need to become unplugged, and then her next message it says we society have been told we need it, we need them, we need the items. Uh, so it's almost like coming up with another um, another message. Well, it clearly is. 
And she's right. Society tells us that we need this. Our bosses, our administrators tell us that we need this. Will you be available this weekend? Will you be around? You know, are you available to me? Can I call you? Mm-hmm. And yet at some point in our lives, we need to learn that no is a complete sentence. <laughs> it truly is. There are yeah. times when you need to realize, when you need to pull yourself off of too many boards or off of too many committees where you know that you can carve out. I remember last year in January when I made resolutions, I pulled out of six organizations. Mm-hmm. And I gave myself an extra 10 hours a month. I didn't know how to act. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, toward the end of the year, I started to fill it with wired technology or with wireless technology. Yeah. But now I yes. realize once again that we all make those resolutions, as you so wisely said. We make them in the first two weeks of the year, and most of them are broken. Mm-hmm. By January the 15th, we say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, and instead I gain 15. We say, <laughs> we're going to exercise every day, but then it snows. We always uh-huh. make excuses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey showed that for many of us, the day is filled with tasks that seem urgent but are not important. Yes. These activities attract our attention, but it's possible they don't even need to be done. Mm-hmm. We them out like you would weed a garden and make time for the important tasks. The mm-hmm. important duties that are also urgent require our immediate attention. That's but right. everything does not. That's right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and continue this discussion. Okay? Great. and beyond blog talk radio this is your host bernice alexander bennett and you can join me every thursday at 9 p.m eastern time where i will have an expert to share resources stories and answer your burning genealogy questions i may also have someone just to come on and talk about self-help and what can we do to achieve balance good health and really figure out how to just navigate what we're doing in the best way possible. I want you all to remember, though, that all of my guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history when we do discuss genealogy. Well, you have been listening to Sharon Weinstein. Sharon is a wellness consultant, and she has been sharing with us tips and words of wisdom on keeping your balance. And she ended something with something really important. No should be considered a complete sentence. 
So, Sharon, I'm ready for you to continue to just share with us. You know, let's just think about, you know, you mentioned the, the resolution that I have, and I posted what I wanted to do. But think about resolutions. We all set them, and we all break them. So why? Why? Because we don't have a real commitment to them. I think that the best way to visualize your resolutions and to monitor and track your success is to do it with a vision board. I use something that's about 14 by 11. I have goals that relate to family and health and and society and finances and more. I cut out pictures during the last two weeks of December, but it's not too late, to cut those pictures or those things that are important in your life and place them under those parameters. Mm -hmm. And then set timelines for yourself. I'm going to be doing this by then. You know, I'm going to enroll whatever in, in like, for my husband and myself, it's we're going to learn to speak Spanish by March the 31st, mm-hmm. at least conversational Spanish. You know, if your only tool is a hammer, you approach every problem as if it were a nail. Put yeah. down the hammer and find another new tool or mm-hmm. a different way to use the hammer. Mm-hmm. When your work and your personal life blend together under the guise of multitasking, and we all are guilty of that, then both the work and your personal life suffer. When you're at work, focus on the job to be done. Make it your resolution that when you're finished with work, don't bring it home with you. Make time for your personal life. If your work materials are dispersed throughout every room of your home, then you have no place for a real retreat, for downtime. Mm -hmm. Clean up your house and put it all in one place. If you're always talking on the cell phone or checking your email while you're with a friend or a family member, your time with that person is not high-quality time. Mm-hmm. So take time to focus exclusively on that person for a while. Try mm-hmm. to remember what they were wearing. Did they change their hairstyle? Did they change their makeup? What were they doing at the time that you spoke with them? Chances are if you're not spending good time with them and it's not quality, concentrated, focused time, you have no idea mm-hmm. what they were wearing or where you saw them. So create that designated work area at home. When you're in your home office, pay your bills. Do your electronic mail. Do other work that needs to be done. But when you've finished it, leave the office and the computer behind. Instead of checking throughout the day, even on your cell phone, set aside specific time frames and do it then. And then reward yourself with personal time as a gift. Become Mm -hmm. an efficiency expert. You know, a lot of people work from home now. When they make that adjustment, for many people it's difficult. The freedom of working in casual clothing. My daughter works in her gym clothes every day and goes to mm-hmm. the gym at lunch. Of not mm-hmm. reporting for work at a specific, a specific time. Of, of not reporting directly to the people to whom you're responsible. Not seeing them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there are many, many things that we need to think about from the standpoint of what we are doing that is virtually destroying our lives and interfering with our ability to ever be balanced. Well, we have another comment coming out of the uh, chat, and uh, this um, individual mentioned she does not set resolutions. She stays focused on her goals and don't start over. You know, she continues till they're complete. She used the timeline, uh, et cetera, for her goals, which is pretty much consistent with what you were saying to, to set goals. But, Sharon, now you have some people who really are not aware of just 
what they're doing. You know, how do how do we develop self awareness? We need to achieve balance. Okay. The best way to develop self awareness is your personal choice. So simplifying your life is a personal choice as well as a process. Start by making things simple. To start, uh-huh. examine all the areas of your life and determine at least five that can be made easier. Uh-huh. For example, in the housing market crunch, my house was for sale forever. That meant that each and every day the beds had to be made. I'm sure we've all been through that. The dishwasher had to be filled. The laundry had to be put away. The countertops had to be cleaned. Fresh flowers in the kitchen and the bathrooms and a decluttered environment. How does one juggle multiple tasks and also declutter an environment or clear a desk in your home-based office? It's difficult, yet it's possible. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. basically what we really need to do is think of the five things in your own life and then begin your process. Eat simpler foods. But eat as a family. A really great idea that I got from a colleague of mine is his grandchildren are in Massachusetts. He lives mm-hmm. in Chicago. How does he eat at 5 o'clock on Friday evening with his grandkids? By Skype. Does it negate the whole concept of putting away the technology? Yes. But it's done for a purpose. And he mm-hmm. and his daughter-in-law make sure that they're all eating the same thing. If one is eating roasted chicken, the other one is eating roasted chicken. And they can see one another while they dine thousands of miles away. Drop membership on a committee to free your time. Uh Clear out the clutter in your life to make it easier to find things. How much time do we spend looking for things? Put things back in their place. Do the laundry every other day and straighten up in between. But you don't have to clean up every day. Turn off the TV and spend Uh TV time with the family. When we moved recently, we moved with only one TV, Uh which we really don't watch. We watch the news. And we watch The Good Wife, to which I happen <laughs> okay. to be addicted. And it's usually not on because of that reality show that precedes it. So we have to watch taped versions. Mm-hmm. But we generally don't watch it. We gave them all away. Mm-hmm. So I know that my ability to multitask doesn't set me apart from others. I've always, you know, exploited the fact that I was able to do so many things at one time. That we mm-hmm. can open multiple computer files and, and we can we can program things simultaneously and work on them while we respond to a question from a child, a phone, or a knock at the door. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to concentrate more. We need to think about being in that moment, being who we are, and making things work for us rather than against us. So we set goals that will stretch you to the limits but not overwhelm you. That's why they're called stretch goals. Right, right. Well, you know, I noticed that you have a saying in your book, and, I mean, I've actually said it when I've facilitated certain groups, and it's if you keep on doing what you have done in the past, chances are you will achieve the same result. And this is just something that I guess people need to start looking at. Why, Why am I not moving forward? Why are things remaining the same? And it's because you're doing the same. You haven't made right. any 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 basic changes in your life. You haven't tried something new. You may know that what you're doing now isn't working for you. Perhaps mm-hmm. the balance between work and personal life is out of gear. Working yeah. harder at the same activities, as you said, doesn't create balance. Sometimes it's better to switch gears and move full speed ahead. So mm-hmm. change your schedule or alter your routine. Exercise yeah. in the morning instead of after work. Find a combination mm-hmm. that works best for you. And that re-energizes you. Don't keep doing the same thing over and over to compact more of the same in less amount of time, expecting a different result. You're absolutely right. right. 
Mm-hmm. The other thing is surround yourself with good people. In the book, right. which is great, the author talks about having the right people in the right seats on your bus. Mm-hmm. What good is a big bus filled with people if they're not the right people in the right seats? So it's not enough to have lots of help if the help is not the right help for the right job. That's Make right. a concerted effort to surround yourself with good people and give them the latitude they need to do a good job. You and I have been very involved in management and in management training. Yes. One of the key lessons is surround yourself with good people and give them the room they need to grow and to make you shine. Yes. That's what it's all about, getting things That's done right. through other people. And That's that applies right. to life as well. And also to to examine the people that you consider essential to your life that may be toxic to your life. Oh, exactly. Exactly. If we think about it, many of us have toxicities in our lives, and some of them are related to people. Mm-hmm. If you can, mm-hmm. you should create a family-friendly work environment. See if you can juggle time so that perhaps mm-hmm. you're not spending as much time in the office, that you can work a, a flexible arrangement to have mm-hmm. better balance work and family life and maybe it's maternity or paternity leave or on-site child care or flex time or job sharing or work from home or other creative solutions to in general create balance. Mm-hmm. I know that in the healthcare field right now many facilities are actually paying for the physical exam annually of their staff and also mm-hmm. paying the copay. It pays mm-hmm. for them to have healthier people at work. That's right. They have That's right. people at work. It increases the level of sickness. It increases the level of dissatisfaction. People mm-hmm. aren't happy. They don't feel rewarded. So if you have some priorities in life regarding flexible working or part-time work, it's good to inform people of your expectations while you're being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Don't commit to, well, I'll be here 100 hours. You and I used to work 100 hours, Bernice. We found out fast that that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when I finally got down to 40 hours, I felt like I was always on vacation. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what to do. Because I had so much time. Yes, yes. And and it's amazing how we kind of get into that, that, that I guess, that work syndrome of you have to be there 24-7. Even if you're not there physically, you're there mentally. Yes, the place won't go on without you, right? It my won't go on without you. That's no, right. My, it my husband missed three weeks in Australia because he said the hospital will fall apart while he's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, that was mm-hmm. a mistake. You know, think about it. Rich people have very small TVs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, think about this. Mm-hmm. Failure is a detour. It's not a dead end. Mm-hmm. It's another mm-hmm. step in the process, right? That's right. No, That's right. think about things like our favorite attitude should be one of gratitude. Be grateful for the people in your lives who each and every day make an impact on you and on how you feel about you mm-hmm. and how you feel about them. Mm-hmm. You know, Building a better United States is the first step toward building a better America. Building yes. a better you is the first step toward building a better life. That's right. That's we right. We can take control. And we have to recognize that uh, that control is, is part of your choice. It is your I, choice. You can, give that, you can give that control emotionally to someone else and let them control you. Or you can control, I, I say, have some control over where you go and, and the outcome that you expect to have. You know, you can't complain about your 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 research and not finding something if you're not 
spending the time to look for it. But then again, you have to recognize you have others out there who can provide you with support and assistance. So I guess the next thing, Sharon, is do you ask for help? Yes. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help. In mm-hmm. order to stay focused on this this journey toward balance, first have control over your physical cravings and don't be a slave to food, drink, or any other substance. Okay. Think about the people, activities, and possessions that are most important to you and give them some of your precious time. Mm-hmm. Have the courage, the determination, and persistence to choose the path that you're passionate about following and serve others in the process. Mm-hmm. You should mm-hmm. share your wealth with all you can, and by doing so, you will grow in personal wealth and never again be in need. You'll have a sense of peace in knowing who and what you are, in having that level of confidence because you believe in yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I want to share a story with you that I found really overwhelming. When my first grandson was three years old and he's now just seven, my son and daughter-in-law went on a cruise with her parents. And my son wasn't really totally enamored with the concept of being there, but he went. And it was one of those Disney cruises, and there was a rock wall that you climbed. Mm-hmm. And the little guy, Alex, said, Daddy, Daddy, I want you to climb that wall for me. And so my son looked at the wall, and he looked out at the sea surrounding the boat, and I'm sure he thought to himself, there is no way that I'm going to climb that wall atop this ship. Mm-hmm. And he thought, well, I can't disappoint my kid. I'll put Spider-Man in my pocket and see if he can help me. So he took a little Spider-Man, and he stuck uh-huh. it in his pocket, and he climbed the wall. And he climbed wow. all the way to the top, and he climbed all the way down. And mm-hmm. when he got down to the bottom, Alex was clapping his hands, and he was so excited. And he said, Daddy, Daddy, you did it. You did it. And our son was willing to say, because he's involved in the law, let me tell you how I did it. He's a person of integrity. And he started to tell the story about Spider-Man. And instead, the little guy said, Daddy, I know how you did it. You believed in yourself. Wow. If you get that lesson and you're three years old, think of how valuable that lesson can be when you're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60. As you go through the journey from one part of your life to the next, impacting so many people in the process, Mm -hmm. but knowing full well that one of the most important factors is that innate belief in oneself, mm-hmm. knowing that you can do it, knowing yes. that you can be. Well, I love that story. Well, I have two questions coming out. The one okay. one question is, uh, would you share ideas for parents with young children uh, to help them find their balance? That's a great question. And it comes just after a week in the Maryland area with my son and daughter-in-law and three kids under seven. I get it. Even during the vacation, juggling people from one practice to another practice, from one place to another practice, discussing the fact that, no, the older one can't join Boy Scouts now. He'll wait a year until his brother can also join. So we only have to take them to one place at a time. Uh Otherwise, we're going from one place to another, right? They'll be enrolled in the same karate class so that they can go together. So Mm -hmm. that whole concept of what to do for parents is, first of all, make time for yourselves. If Mm -hmm. you don't make time for yourselves in a day and for downtime when the two of you can truly be partners and sit there and talk to one another, you will bring no value to your kids. They will see the tension. They will sense the fear. Mm -hmm. They will understand that you are stressed. 
Mm-hmm. And you don't want them to think that. You want them to think in terms of a happy family relationship, the kind mm-hmm. that there used to be when TV was black and white and when parents slept in separate beds. That was a long time ago. But we can go back to some of those ideas just from a standpoint of doing things together as a family. Depending upon how many kids you have, make sure that each child gets 15 to 30 minutes of private time with you per day. If it's playing Mm -hmm. a game with them, if it's coloring, if it's sorting crayons, if it's with my 19-month-old having a tea party even though there's no tea, just saying Mm -hmm. yum-yum all the time, just sitting there and having them feel as if you're not on the phone, you're not looking at something else, you're not going to respond to an email. You're going to take that time to be with them mm-hmm. because those precious years when you are with them will result in such rewards. Those will be the happy times that you remember later on. And their childhood passes so quickly. I'm sure you already see it. They grow oh, up absolutely. so fast. So fast. You go through so that fast. remember when, remember when. And sometimes you don't remember because you didn't take the time to do it. So, A, take time for each of them individually. Find things to do as a family. If it's a museum, if it's a tour, if it's something, you know, do it as a family and then take at least one hour for the two of you to sit down, if it's a couple, to have that time alone. And the bigger challenge is with single parents. Yes. When does that individual who is so stressed, really get downtime, really get time for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if, mm-hmm. by the time they get the kids to bed, then they're doing laundry, then they're cleaning up, then they're packing lunches for the next day. There is no one to help. And sometimes you really feel as if, where am I going to go from here? What's my next step? I'm driving myself crazy. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. If there's family in the area and you can get someone to come over after school and help, great. If you can arrange a play date with other parents and take turns doing things, that's great. Find time for you. Right, right. Well, uh, there's a, a comment coming out of the chat, and it's it's basically focused on, well, you know, you, perhaps those who are doing research might want to set the example and set the tone and share the balance because they're gathering all this research information but perhaps they also need to figure out a way to share that information so that people can understand what they're doing, but become a part of the process. You know, I love the example that you gave about your son and climbing the 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 uh, being on the ship. Uh-huh. Yeah, climbing the wall. Because I was sitting down with my granddaughter and I showed her a video of my grandmother who lived to be almost 106 years old. And we were talking about growing old, and I said, well, one day, you know, I'm going to be old. And she said, but I know one thing, you're going to live longer than your grandmother, and I'm going to have you as a bridesmaid at my wedding. And she, and I was like, oh, she just, she understood that. It melted my heart, but it also, she understands the genealogy. Because she remembers my mother, she saw my grandmother on a video who is her great-grandmother. I have a picture of her great-great-grandmother and her great-great-great-grandfather. So she can explain all of this, and she's seven years old. And it's it's just something that I think that we get kind of caught up in what we're doing 
but we have to figure out a way to share it and bringing in the young people is a way that perhaps we may want to look at that as far as how do we balance it all so that we don't get accused of spending so much time with in one area and neglecting another. I would agree with you. I would agree wholeheartedly that is critical. And giving the example of your granddaughter is a great, great one because it really does bring it all home. You know, a lot of schools have projects where they're looking at where did your family come from? Can you do a display and tell us where they came from? Well, one of my other grandsons did one when he was four and a half years old at the Montessori school, and he wanted to show things that came from Russia. Fortunately, I had some. But Mm -hmm. he wanted to talk about this was my grandfather and this was my grandfather's grandfather. And and you're right, that goes right through the process. And the other day he asked a really interesting question. I thought it was unique. It was, how come this person is not your grandchild? And what he was referring to was my sister's grandchild. Why is that not my grandchild? And I thought that was a really interesting question Mm -hmm. because they all have done family trees. They understand the concept of parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and where people came from. They never really put it into their perspective of, well, if you have four siblings and they all have kids, all those kids should also be your grandchildren. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fascinating when you think about it. It it really is fascinating. But, you know, you I don't know if you mentioned alignment, but why is it important to be aligned with your purpose? Because I think you mentioned purpose very early in in your discussion about balance. Okay. In the 21st century, we're living in a new global economy and technology-driven world that is changing so rapidly. Thomas Friedman called it a flat world because the playing field is level and individuals from around the planet can connect, communicate, and compete for our planet's limited resources. Mm -hmm. So we're closing the chapters or have closed the chapters of the industrial age, and we're opening up a whole new chapter that many believe is spiritual age, not in a religious sense, but more Mm -hmm. people are searching for meaning and trying to live from the heart. Mm -hmm. We can recognize those, including ourselves, who are aligned with their purpose. The world is full of people who work too much, sleep too little, lead a sedentary lifestyle, eat food that lacks nutritional value, and never have enough time to spend with their families. Mm-hmm. It's important to be in alignment, to understand that life purpose is not simply our work lives, but a combination of all aspects of our lives that make them fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It gives meaning to our lives and a reason why we're here on earth. Right. And each person has a natural reason for being. Mm-hmm. From birth to death, each of us is on a quest to discover that reason. Many never do, yet our world is incomplete until each person discovers their own divine purpose and until right. each person is aligned with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are so right. You are so right. And, you know, I have noticed, and, and it, many people are writing blogs, and when you start reading those blogs, they are saying something about who they are, their purpose, their the family's purpose. And it's, it's sharing pretty much with the world a piece of who, uh, themselves. But it also looks like they are working to develop or achieve some balance, some alignment. And, well, I think uh, that they're, they're being introspective. They're trying to discover who and what they are. And they want to share that via the written word with so many people. Mm -hmm. And using that mechanism by blogging is such a critical element in discovering who we are in that whole self-discovery process. Mm -hmm. You're finding people who write who never thought that they could write. Yes, 
Yes. And what they write is quite fascinating. It is quite fascinating. And, and the key is it's coming from them. I mean, there's no formula other than to put, if you want to share it, share it. But it does have an impact on what that per- what has come out of that person because someone has picked up a gem from what that person shared. And I know this, you know, the 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 150th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation was on January 1st, and Angela Walton Raji wrote about every hour until the Emancipation Proclamation was signed something that happened with her ancestor. I mean, can you imagine somebody reflecting like that and sharing it with the world? It was just absolutely wonderful. I think that's a powerful statement. I really do. Mm -hmm. When you start to think about the folks who are able to articulate their thoughts and their feelings, who are able to share that with others, they're leaving a legacy. They They don't even know it. That's right. That's right. They are leaving a legacy. And, you know, I guess when you think about balance, I mean, do you also think about your legacy? I think so, too. I think that you think about who you are and what you've done in life. You know, Mm -hmm. we have this group of nurses within the American Academy of Nursing that are called living legends. And I joked when I first was admitted to the academy, my real goal is to be a living legend. I want to be a legend in nursing. I want people to recognize what I have brought to the practice, mm-hmm. what I have been able to share with others. Mm-hmm. Basically, in order to get there, you need to ask yourself, what are you willing to settle for, a personal breakthrough or more of the same? Are you ready? You've already simplified. You've decluttered. You've come to grips with yourself. Now you can leverage your performance to a new level. You can take a quantum leap mm-hmm. because you're prepared to do it, and timing is everything. Mm-hmm. But you're right. If you keep on doing what you've been doing, chances are that you'll achieve the same result. Yes. Same old, same old. If you try harder, you can make an incremental green, perhaps not a quantum leap, mm-hmm. but more of the same as a trap. To truly switch those gears, we need to recognize that what we do is more important than how hard we do it. Yes. Yes. You are right. It, it is something. It is something to think about. It's not how hard, but it's what we're doing. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. what we're doing. It's what that end result will be. Mm-hmm. And if you can see that vision, if you can see that light at the end of the tunnel, if you understand in your mind and in your heart and in your emotions that this is what will be, mm-hmm. simply because you've been involved in the process and mm-hmm. you're bringing a quality perspective to it, you will succeed. Right. But you're also bringing up something, uh, this this very strong feeling, I mean, self-actualization, this passion um, that comes with seeing something come from, for lack of a better word, nothing. But you've, you've moved yourself beyond the, the basic needs but you've balanced yourself enough that your passion is not overtaking your life that you're neglecting your family. Exactly. So, A, it's important, and I'm glad you brought it up, to be passionate about something. Mm -hmm. What you're passionate about might be having a collective family where people really enjoy being together, having special holiday moments that you can then record and have 
for years and years and years to come. So, mm-hmm. A, knowing that you are passionate about something. You have to get excited about something. Yeah. You cannot go through each and every day. You know, it's a personal choice. Mm-hmm. You need to decide what it is that's important to you. You need to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And then you take that decision and run with it. Right. That's right. Well, if anyone would like to call in, 646-200-0491 and and, uh, ask a question or make a comment, you're welcome to do so. But, you know, I'm I'm just looking at some of the comments coming out of the chat, and one uh, Yvette mentioned, I think of a legacy regularly, especially when we have our ancestors' legacy, and we must carry the torch, the mantle. And the next comment is, and we must pass it on as well. Yes, we do. I'll go. <laughs> this is great. It is true. It is true. It's, many it's of us, true. you know, you're fortunate because of the work that you're doing, but many of us don't know that much about our families. We don't know that much about their history. We know that they might have come from the old country, but what is the old country? I have a colleague who does reading lessons, and she actually does, she reads books and does a story hour with older adults. Uh And one of the questions they talk about is, what is the old country? When you think about it, that could have different meanings for different people, correct? That's right. That's right. You don't know where that is. You Uh don't know what it is. You don't know what it looked like. Uh But yet everyone talks about it. In the old days, this is what we did. Uh But it was a memory. I mean, it was sharing. It was something that family, I I know in my family they talked about it. I don't know in other families. And, you know, even some people you'll ask, what do you know about your family? And they'll say nothing. And then you have to say, well, did you go to church? Oh, yes. Did people get together on a regular basis? Oh, yes, every Sunday we had Sunday dinner. Well, there was something about your family. But do people disremember things? Sometimes they disremember them mm-hmm. out of intention, right? Right. The right. seeds of the memories are, are present at the level of our soul. And mm-hmm. sometimes it propels us to make choices that define our lives, but many, many times we don't want to remember some of mm-hmm. the things that happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't want to access the silent spaces between our thoughts. Yes. We don't want to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yet it's critical, I believe, to be aware of the happy times, the joyous times. If each yes. of us, even those of us who perhaps had a, a challenged childhood or whatever, would think about the happy times that they had during their childhood, there mm-hmm. must have been something that brought a smile to your face that made you laugh. That's right. And laughter is often the best medicine for the soul. That's right. That's right. And then you know, somewhere in that the hard time, the world. Yeah. yeah, sometimes in that hard time, you will remember there was a good time. There was a good time. Was it something silly like my mother took us to the barber and gave us all those mixing bowl hairstyles? <laughs> you know, when we all looked terrible. Or was it, you know, whatever it was, what was it that brought mm-hmm. a smile to your face that made you actually laugh, that can allow you to share that happy time? with your child or with your grandchild, because laughing reduces the level of stress hormones and triggers the release of health-enhancing hormones like endorphins, Mm -hmm. which are the body's natural painkillers. Well, Sharon, believe it or not, we are at the end of the program. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you don't be sorry. I've been having fun. 
Yes, well, I've enjoyed listening to you. Do you have any closing remarks before we end the show? I'd like each and every one of the listeners to think about your life as the front page of the daily paper and allow it to be a testament to who and what you are, what you've brought into life, what you have given of yourself, what joy you have brought to others, and what joy and talents you have experienced as a result of giving. That is wonderful. And everyone is saying, I see she is a wealth of information. It is appreciated. Thank you so So, very much. Thank you so very much. Great advice. So I just want to just let people know that I have an interesting show that's coming up next week, and I hope that you will join me with Nika Smith. Nika uh, will be discussing getting youth involved in genealogical research. Actually, Nika Smith will not be joining us next week. Next week, we will have Thomas McGinty, and Thomas will discuss what's new in technology for genealogists. Now, Thomas shares his knowledge of technology and experience as a genealogist with others through various forms of social media and speaking engagements. Through his business, High Definition Genealogy, he provides consulting services in genealogy industry, covering such areas as market research, education, technology, and more. So I'd like to just say to everyone, Happy New Year again, and good night, and thank you so much, Sharon Weinstein. And remember, your ancestors left footprints. Therefore, you should follow the clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. You can continue this discussion on AfroGenius.com and the Research at the National Archives and Beyond Facebook page. Also, remember to listen to the Africa Root Podcast with Angela Walton Raji on Friday morning and Nurturing Our Roots with Antoinette Harrell on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Thank you so much for joining Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. Remember, keep your balance. Oh, I've just had a great evening, and hey, Happy New Year again. Good night, everyone. This is your host, Bernice Alexander-Bennett. Good night.